to Get Outside with Kids, the podcast where we're helping you have more fun moments, memorable moments outside with your kids. Now, today's guest kind of got me thinking, Jen, about the topic of playing with your kids. The reason I'm thinking about this today is that last night my kid asked me to play with her. I don't know about you, Jen, but I normally just say, no, mummy doesn't want to play. I don't know. Do you do that? Is that just me? Mummy doesn't really want to play in our house. It really depends on the activity. Like, I feel like 50% of the time, the truth is you're in the middle of dinner and party was like, I'd love to play, but also no one else will cook the food then. And the other 50% of the time, it's like, are we doing something that I would enjoy? Or is it like pretend play where I'm just going to mess it up and get it wrong? Yeah. And so I actually said yes last night and I sat down to try and play with little animals and I got it all wrong. I didn't really love it. Today's episode with Regan Fulton from Playful Acre, we actually talk about this and she has some great advice. She's also been a professional nanny herself and she is now a mum too um and so she's taken all of those skills that she's learned through professional nannying and her own parenting and she has now created this nature-based education company so Regan tells us a little bit about that in this episode and has some great tips for how you can actually play with your kids in a way that's not going to make you cranky like me so we really hope you enjoy the episode and love to hear what you think so we're really happy to have Reagan here today from Playful Acres. Thank you so much, Reagan, for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. And it's actually American Thanksgiving, the day that we are recording this. So thank you for taking time out of your busy holiday schedule. It sounds like, unfortunately, you are sick and missing some of your festivities. Uh, so thank you for making that time. Absolutely. Yeah, I got I got one dinner in. The other dinner um, had some medical fragilities, so I wasn't able to make it. So I am skipping the afternoon nap, though, but I am happy to do so. <laughs> I think it's always it's always kind of a miracle when we get uh, our guests on because they're normally parents and we're normally navigating like time zones and kids. So thank you for joining us. So I reached out to Regan um, after seeing her account on Playful Acre um, on Instagram and uh, reading some of the posts and looking at some of the content you're creating. And I thought it was really interesting, Regan, how you're background as a nanny and your experience as a nanny um, and all of your experience now as a mum to a five-year-old, how all of that kind of plays into into the work that you now do through your nature-based education company. Um, And so, maybe you can just start out by telling us why is getting outside with kids important to you and what does it mean to you? Yeah, um, I was homeschooled when I was raised and uh, my favourite little memory of me growing up was my mom would sit under a tree, we would climb trees and she would read to us. So if you just like have that picture in your head, that was like my childhood, the barefoot running around, we had like 10 acres between several family members that all lived next door to each other. Um, And I just had like that kind of wild and free, wonderful childhood. It was great. And then I did actually end up kind of losing that a little bit in my young adulthood, you know, I went to college and kind of disconnected from nature a little bit and had a, you know, a period of where I wouldn't have described myself as an outdoorsy person or anything like that. And then um, I started nannying and, you know, I always enjoyed being outside, but it wasn't really part of my identity in any way until COVID hit. It was really where it went from something that I enjoyed to something that was so vital to everything I do. Because the, the summer before COVID hit, we bought uh, our property now, which is exactly on an acre. So um, if you know the name of my company is Playful Acre, that's where that comes from. Um, so we bought an acre and then, you know, the world shut down and we were at home. And I had, um, I was super lucky that I got to keep working through COVID and was able to help my family because I was a nanny to essential workers. And they were absolutely wonderful and they were super flexible. And we basically potted together and was able to bring them to my house as well. So we had 
this new property, had an acre of land to explore, to learn. And then I had my three boys who were two, four, and six. And we spent that summer and spring and summer just exploring the land and really reconnecting in it, just seeing them have so much time to explore outdoors and to not be stuck in a classroom really made me see how important it was. Because, you know, I could see them, especially the oldest, where he was struggling in a lot of ways in school, when we were able to get outside and do a lesson outside, you know, he engaged with it so much better and was able to grasp concepts and um, not get distracted. And he's ADHD, and he was struggling a lot in the classroom. And so I really started to dig into it more then and study it more and more, fell in love with, you know, read all the books, all the Barefoot and balanced, no such thing as bad weather, all the outdoorsy books and just reconnected really with how my childhood was. So there's there's the short version, if you can believe that. <laughs> we actually just published last night an episode uh, with Angela Hanscomb, who wrote Barefoot and Balanced. She was amazing. So, uh, yeah, already, her. you know, after recording the episode with her a few weeks back, already changed how I'm parenting, honestly. So, uh, yeah, I could see the very impactful uh, authors and books. I'm kind of interested, Regan, in that that transition for you as, uh, you know, we, our podcast is generally for parents, but we also want it to be for caregivers as well. And obviously nannies are a really important part of that. I'm just curious about your kind of experience moving, you know, from somebody who is a professional nanny and then becoming a parent yourself. What was that journey like? And, you know, what, what kind of role do you see nannies playing in this kind of nature-based education movement? Yeah. So it was, you know, both the best thing to prepare me for motherhood and also doesn't prepare you at all. <laughs> um, that's what I always tell people is, is like, yes, do you, do you know how to change the diaper already? Do a bottle already? Sure. Absolutely. None of that prepares you for, for parents. None of it does. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> because of the emotional transition, you know, so much of it is, is the relationship and the emotional hormonal, you know, your relationship with your spouse, with your family, with your parents, you know, there are so many things. So that's the first thing I would say is going from that is doesn't prepare you at all for that. But in terms of the role that caregivers and nannies really play, I think it's Honestly, it's where I put a lot of my focus um, in terms of my content is really on the caregiver and family because teachers and caregivers, I feel like, have such a big impact and an opportunity to get these kids outside. And even when parents don't necessarily buy into it, you know, one parent may touch their own children, but if you're a caregiver or a teacher, how many lives of children will you touch and impact in a positive way over the course of your career? And so, you know, having these values of nature is important, connecting with nature and being outside is so important. Honestly, as a caregiver, you have more of an opportunity to impact children's lives than you do as a parent. And then the other side to that too is, is I am the school that kids, I have parents who don't really love being outside themselves. They don't like being dirty. They don't like playing in the mud with their kids. And they know that about themselves. They, they're, you know, they're grownups and that, that's fine. But they also know how important it is. So they send them to me. And, you know, you can be that person in a kid's life that, you know, maybe the parent really is not ever going to be interested in going out and camping with their kid or going out and hiking, um, exploring in nature. But you can be the outlet for them too. So I think that's really where caregivers fall into place 
um, that and then also teaching the parents about how important it is. You know, we do this. This is our career. Um, if you're a caregiver, if you're a professional nanny or a you know educator, you put time and professional development work into different areas. You get to choose a lot of times, you know, where are you going to focus your energy? And so, you know, if you think that nature-based education is important, it's something that you can invest in and then build your knowledge base. Um, And then you get to impact more kids. So that's so exciting, Reagan. And I was kind of thinking too, that sometimes, I don't know if you've seen this to be true, when you're parenting your own children, they can often be sometimes, you know, say difficult or defined, or they don't want to listen. But when that same child is with an instructor or a teacher or a caregiver, all but doing this exact same activity, they're totally fine and happy as a clam. Um, and I'm sure you've seen the differences when you've been the nanny role versus now as the mother role, how that often plays out, especially when you're outside as well. Absolutely. No, I literally like drop offs and pickups. You know, I've got kids who turn into completely different beings. And I, I tell the parents that all the time. And because they, they don't act that way necessarily for the parents all the time either, you know, and they kind of but it is more how they act. And but I always tell them, like, they don't go crazy like this for me all day. They, you know, they did great because a lot of times they have that restraint collapse um, when parents get there for a pickup. And, and the parents are always like, this is normal. Behavior. I was like, they do. They act way better. You know, they, they, they don't ever do this for me kind of thing. Um, you know, they engage, they have fun. Um, but yeah, no, my kid's rotten for me. He's, he's totally rotten. And, uh, and I have 110% seen that. But yeah, it's like so much easier to get a kid engaged in something new and interested in something new when it's not your own kid because a lot of times our kids just want to do this and they want the snuggles and the love and um for anybody listening my my five-year-old's climbing in my lap right now silently um for some (laughs) snuggles so There's, um, there's always a kid that pops on. So this is very normal. The other night we were recording, we had a little nudist drop by in the background. So, you know, this is very common here on the podcast, which is why we don't use the video. Regan, one of the reasons I originally reached out to you a little while back was I had seen something on your Instagram around, you know, parents playing and parents and caregivers playing with kids. And was kind of curious about that because um, I'm not very good at playing with my kids. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of other caregivers and parents feel the same. Um, and I know that there's a lot of benefits to obviously uh, child-led unrestricted play where I'm not involved at all, which I love because I'm like, great, I get to be kind of lazy and just sit back and, you know, you do your thing. But I recognize there are times when it might be useful for me to actually engage in play. Do you have any tips for somebody like me who's like, I'm not really into play as much? Like maybe I'm a kind of playful person. I totally want to take my kid outside, but I don't necessarily want to be doing play all the time. How could I get into that? How could other parents and caregivers start to be more playful in their approach? with their kid and what do you see as the benefits of that yeah so a big thing that i encourage and it's something that i've really been probably the last year diving into more is this play yourself and not just with the kids but learn how to play and learn what makes you happy really just engage with your environment on your own that's something that really has helped me to be able to engage better with them than when we're outside, especially, but just by having the exploration and the creative moments on my own. For me, I do a lot of painting. Exploring my creative side helps me to not only be more relaxed and stress-free, but also then they see me do it. So sometimes we'll be outside and no one really wants to like play with, they're just exploring and I will start picking flowers and making a flower crown, or I will sit down and I'll start doing watercolors. Um, you know, doing something playful, something, an activity, and they just kind of 
come join me. I don't invite them. I don't say anything. And they just let them kind of walk up and slowly join. And that usually is a way that kind of gets them engaged and helps you to ease into playing with them because it's something that you're interested in too. So that is something like I, I mommy doesn't like to play pretend that much because I don't like to be bossed around. Um, I, I, I don't like to be bossed around very much. So, you know, sometimes it's find something that you enjoy too. Don't play something that you aren't having fun. Don't fake it. But then also, <laughs> this is great advice. Faces at you. <laughs> this is great advice because I'm like, yeah, okay. Maybe I just needed to hear that because I'm like, you know, yeah, my kid here, some- you don't have to. They had something out the other day and I was like, I wonder if I'd ever get into that. And I was like, oh, it's like a hard no, like an absolute no. I don't want to play that game. It looks awful. And uh, yeah, I also no. don't want to be bossed around, Regan. So. <laughs> Exactly. And so that's what sometimes it's a great lesson in flexibility because, you know, sometimes as my kid's an only child, he struggles with his friends with playing with with what his friends want to play instead of what he wants to play. And so even with me, if he wants to play something that I'm really not into, you know, I say no, you know, like, I don't want to play, I will play with you. But that doesn't sound fun to me. So can you give me a couple options? Or here's a couple options that I would like to do. And then it's his choice. Do you want to play the thing you want to play by yourself or do you want to play with mommy? And I let him make that choice. Um, and so that's something that has really helped me to, you know, enjoy play with him more too. Because, you know, if you're forcing it and doing things you don't like, then you're not actually enjoying it. I always do that with my kids too. Like one of my favorite things to do is when we're coloring is I'll print out a coloring page for me. Like, you know, like the adult coloring books that are like very detailed. I have my own adult coloring book, Jen. It's amazing. I I have one around here somewhere. (laughs) I don't let the kids anywhere near it. (laughs) Yeah. But like, that's a great example of like, this is mommy's coloring book. And if you would love to come and color beside me, I would love that. But this is the activity that I'm going to do. But there are other activities like pretend play where I just find with my kids, I can't pretend the right way. Like you try and pretend to play and they're like, no, you're doing the dinosaur wrong. I'm like, I didn't even know I was a dinosaur. I didn't, I didn't know. Um, and you just can't get it right. And it always ends in frustration anyways. So I love the idea of just setting, setting some boundaries. Um, so Reagan, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, you've got this nature school program. Um, who are the kids who are coming to this program and what is it that it, that it offers kind of outside of what we might call traditional school? Yeah, so it is a family-based, community-based school. Um, It's been an interesting um, year and a half now, kind of transitioning, figuring out what it is, because really, I want to be able to serve the families in my community. And so, you know, I accept kids from two to six. Um, I have mostly two and three-year-olds, though, so it's, it's mostly preschool. And we play so much. We play all day. And so I have, a, I end up having a lot of um, small business owner um, clients, actually. It's like a lot of my families are themselves small business owners, and I offer a lot of flexibility in my scheduling. Um, so I kind of am a hybrid between a daycare and a school where I'm open five days a week, but they don't have to come five days a week. They get to pick their days. And so what it ends up being is a really, really good immersion experience for a lot of these kids. For instance, one family who they do what they call letters and numbers preschool for three days a week. And then they send them to me for nature preschool two days. Um, So that way they get a little bit of the balance because, you know, their family thinks it's important to also have the more academic focused school. And so we um, end up serving a lot of, you know, part-time kids, which I love because I love 
having the different kids and having new experiences and getting to really see the different types of experiences they have with the same materials and the same setup. Um, So, you know, I'll set up one activity for the week and then 10 kids go through it throughout the week at different times and I get to see how they interact with it in different ways. So that's really cool. Do you operate all seasons, Regan? And what kind of winters do you have there? And what sort of tips do you have for getting outside in your winters there? Yeah, so I do operate in all seasons. I am not 100% a forest school, I will say that. So, but we do do inside and outside. So not outside 100% of the time, but we do do probably about 50% to 70% of our days outside. Um, We usually are inside only for lunch, nap, and then maybe um, in the morning when kids get there, especially in the winter, because I like to get them all inside and make sure they're all bundled up well. But really, you know, there's no such thing as bad weather. That is such a true, you know, the Linda McGurk book, um, and she just wrote a new one. If you haven't read it yet, make sure you do because it's so good. But it's bad clothes. And so really focusing on investing in quality pieces of layers and learning what the different layers are and just planning ahead for when you go out. So it takes a little bit more planning when it's in winter because you not only need you know, to dress yourself and just think about being dressed, but you need a base layer, you need a warmth layer, and you need a waterproof layer. And so thinking about those things might take an extra step, but if you have those things, you're going to be just as comfortable, if not more comfortable than you are in midsummer. Um, honestly, summer half the time sends us inside more often than the winter does. Right now we're in this weird transition. Um, I'm in the Midwest. So fall, we get like a couple weeks of beautiful fall and then it gets like cold and gray and bitterly cold, but not fun cold yet. Not snow, not like you can go out just like windy and dark. And so those days I have to fight myself to get outside. I'll say that I got to like force myself a little bit, but remembering the benefits and everything helps. But yeah, doing your layers. The other thing we do during the winter that really helps is, is we build campfires. So I teach fire safety to the kids. And so almost every morning in the winter, we'll go out and we'll start a little campfire and you get chilly, come sit by the campfire. Um, sometimes I'll put a little hot cocoa on and give them a little, little bit of hot cocoa or we'll do lunch out by the campfire or something. But it's not only a way to stay warm, but it's great to teach the kids the survival skills and different safety and risk analysis skills as well. Awesome. Now, I love the idea of getting outside and all the things that could go wrong as they sometimes do with things like layers. Um, so I'm sure you must have some great stories of when things did go wrong for you and for uh, you know yourself growing up as well. And you wrote in your notes here, and I love when people like allude to something like, tell us about the road less traveled. So you said, ask me about yes. the road less traveled. So I'd love to know about what's gone wrong and, and what is this story you want to share for us? It sounds like a good one. Yes. So when I was about, I think I was about 12, um, my grandparents took me and eight of us, I believe, eight or nine of us, me and my my cousins and next door neighbors. I, like I said before, I grew up on, there's 10 houses in the neighborhood, nine of them were, or five of them were my family members. And then the other ones were like our best friends. So my grandparents took all of us kids to our local nature center for a hike, which we did all the time. They love the nature center. We, we still go all the time. It's um, Cincinnati Nature Center. We love you. But this particular instance, we were out hiking and we came to a fork and my grandfather, um, and this is just the embodiment of who he is or was as a person. Um, he passed in 2019 goes, Hmm, let's take the road less traveled. We did not have a map on us. We did not know how long this trail. Was. Well, it turns out this was the longest trail that exists at the nature center. It was like 
10 miles long. So my mid 60s grandparents, 10 children, one of which had flip flops on (laughs) and like one bottle of water. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? And we sure did take the road less traveled. And there was a reason it was less traveled because it was so long. And uh, they ended up having to like a couple of us like ran ahead to go get them to come back and get my sister because she was so dehydrated. She couldn't walk. So they came out and get her, got her with like a med truck or whatever. Um, and to this day, one, I will never go on a hike without knowing how long a trail is. <laughs> that is like that memory pops up yeah. in my head every single time is know how long your hike is. <laughs> Number two, every single time I come to that trailhead, I remember it. <laughs> like the same, because we still hike those trails. And I come and I'm like, that's the road less traveled. We're not going that way. <laughs> um, but I just love how, like, it, it stuck with me all of these years. And not only is it a fun memory, and it's less, you know, it's remembering the fun times with my family. But in that, there was also so many lessons learned about, you know, make sure you have enough water, make sure you have the proper shoes, make sure you have sunscreen, you know, so many different little things have stuck with me from it. So um, yeah, that's one of my favorites. I love the courage of your grandparents being like, all right, we'll just do it. I can't imagine being that bold. You know, I'm like, I've got two kids and it is a lot to take two of them out. You know, like it's a lot. But imagine you had another six added on to that. And then you're like, I don't even know where we're going, but let's just go. Like what courage. That was- that was my grandfather. That that is all I will say. Is he was he was not someone to. So my grandfather was um, about six six, like very large man, heart of gold, and just like the smartest person I've ever known. But just so witty and like just like that would like the road. Let's take the road less traveled. <laughs> what did all the parents say when you guys got home? Like did I you get all the home? parents of the children. Like <laughs> what did they say? Did you get home the med? The med tray has come out. I honestly don't remember anybody be like, they got us home. We were all alive. That's, you know, they got us home alive. That's all that counts. That's all that counts. So that's parenting kind of, was uh, just different back then. You know, parenting was just, it was just different. Yes, for sure. So, Regan, I know that you've got uh, a bunch of information on the website. You've also got a social media account and a podcast. If people want to find out more about Playful Acre and the work that you do, where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah, so you can go to playfulacre.com and my website has everything there. I am most active on Instagram, probably, if you follow me on Instagram at Playful Acre. Um, And then the Magic of Childhood podcast is my podcast. So we are much, much fresher than you guys. I've got three episodes out, but much more to come. And I'm excited for that. And I know we talked a little bit about like getting and connecting with nature yourselves. I would love if you guys would join me. I'm just about to launch a 12 month sleep outside challenge. So if you guys want to join, I'm going to camp once a month for a year in 2023. And so if you sign up, go to my website. Uh, By the time this releases, I'll have it up, the landing page up. But if you go to my website and sign up for the email list there, um, it'll pop up then you can sign up and you'll get an email every every month um, with tips for camping and getting outside and then just kind of what I learned about my camping and then we can we can do it together. So I would love for you to join me there. That sounds pretty fun. Uh, yeah, lots of challenges in the fall and the winter here, but I'm sure you're the same there. So that sounds like a cool challenge. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today, Regan. I think it's really interesting, you know, as we mentioned, talking about the, you know, the role that different caregivers play in our kids' lives um, and also the idea that I can actually go and play with my kids and I don't play that much. 
I do some, yeah. I like doing things like I like coloring with them. I like cooking with them. I like going for a walk with them, but like the mm-hmm. actual play part, I really like what you said about choosing what it is that you actually want to do and being okay saying no, setting that boundary, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And I just remember one more quick dance parties. That is my other big way to play with them is this dance parties. Put on some music and dance. So. Right. Yes, yes. My, kids, <laughs> my kids do like that. Um, thank you so much for joining us today, Regan, and we'll drop in all the links to um, all of those places you've mentioned into our show notes, so make sure you check those out if you want to go follow Regan. Um, you can also find us over on Instagram at Get Outside With Kids. We love hearing your DMs about the guests you've been enjoying and the content that you want to hear next on the podcast, and we'll be back again next week with another episode of Get Outside With Kids. <laughs>